You're listening to the Kerry Woodham Mornings Podcast from Newstalk ZB. A review into the Working for Families tax credit system, as I was saying, has found, while overall it works, there are still some serious design issues in the way some of the tax credits are applied. Working for Families was introduced by the Clark government in 2004, came into effect 2005, currently pays out more than $3 billion in tax credits to around 350,000 families. The review warns though that despite the tax credit system, in-work poverty is becoming an increasing issue for families. Economist, Honorary Associate Professor of Faculty of Business and Economics at Auckland University, Susan St John joins me now. Very good morning to you. Uh, good morning. You're a fan of the system, aren't you? Oh, we've argued for about the last 20 years that uh, it's got serious design flaws. Yeah. Of course you've got to have a system of family assistance. Every country does. It's just that ours has been set up with so many flaws and it's taken so long for there to be a, a recognition of those flaws. A lot of, some of the texters and callers have said, why not just give people back more of their money? You know, reduce the tax rates for those who are working. Well, that's a different issue and probably one that has merit. But it shouldn't be confused with the fact that we need to support low-income families just the same as we have decided as a community that we need to support older people. So the old and the young, both ends of the spectrum, need a safety net. The safety net for the old, we don't talk much about because it's simple, everybody understands it, Uh, it does its job, (laughs) Mm. it's not controversial, but with working for families right from the outset, it's confused the support for children with working in paid work, and that has been a fundamental dilemma. But you can understand that in other countries have, have said that that is the reason why they had the in-work tax credit. It's to look at a valuable resource, which is you know adult workers who can't afford to work because they're caring for children and tried to make work more attractive. Uh, yes, but to use it, there's a lot of ways to make work attractive. Mm-hmm. And to use a payment designed to alleviate poverty amongst low-income children to do that ends up entrenching that very poverty because by definition you don't get it if you're not fulfilling the paid work criteria. So it's it's just a, a fundamental contradiction. If you look at Australia, for example, they don't use their family tax benefits system to discriminate between the children who are deserving because their parents need a certain definition of work and those that don't. Was the family benefit better, the old-fashioned family benefit? Or was that still rewarding people who went into nuclear families and went into work? No, no, the family benefit was universal. It paid all children on the same basis. It was never the only thing that was done so that there was always a supporting family tax rebate or child payment that also was targeted for low-income families. Uh, What Ruth Richardson did in 1991 was to join the family benefit up with those other payments 
So we ended up just with one targeted mm. payment. And then in the mid-1990s, we got the change where there were just the, the discrimination was introduced so that there was a differential between what families got when they were in certain definitions of paid work and what other families got. So that was introduced in 1996. Mm. And then it was put on steroids in working for families uh, and made a, a really significant payment that the poorest families missed out on, $72.50 a week, uh, more if you've got more children than three. In an ideal world, what would you like to see? If you could, if Grant Robertson said, Susan, you've done so much work on this, you know more about this than anybody else in the country, which is, you know, I'd put you right up there. Um, what would your ideal solution be? Well, first, change the name. Stop calling it working for families. It's too confusing. Secondly, make sure that all low-income families get exactly the same entitlement regardless of whether they're in particular hours of paid work. That's a really, really important one. The second one is to address the issues that low-income families in paid work actually do face, which is incredible clawbacks. So when they earn a dollar over 42700 they lose. Mm. Working for families, 27%, they lose accommodation supplements for 25%. They lose, of course, they're paying tax as well. Uh, it, and it all accumulates so that it makes it not worth working. We've got to fix that problem. The threshold needs to be vastly improved to about 52,000 it should be, and it should be properly indexed, which is the other issue that we've got to have proper index of all parts of working for families, proper indexation, not just parts of it indexed once cumulative inflation exceeds 5%. So th- those are the... So unwieldy, things. isn't it? Yes, yes. Mm. And then there's this complication of the minimum family tax credit that is talked about in this review. It affects such a small number of, of, of families, about 3,000 families, it is so badly designed. You've got you've got to meet fixed hours of work per week. If you earn an extra dollar over the guarantee amount, you lose a hundred percent. That has to go. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much, Susan St John, economist, honorary associate professor, faculty of business and economics at Auckland University. For more from Kerry Woodham Mornings, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.